Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service. May 1977. The world changed forever. Because that's when the first Star Wars movies hit the theaters. And I will tell you, audiences responded with unbridled enthusiasm. Believe it or not, I saw that movie in the theater. I think I was barely four years old at the time. I do remember two specific things about that particular trip to the movies. One, I fell asleep five minutes after the movie started. Uh, what, what can you expect from a four-year-old? Second of all, when people left the theater, that's all they could talk about. Un- just unbelievable excitement over this, this movie, this, this cinematic experience. Uh, obviously, yes, high-tech. Uh, the, the, the special effects were cutting edge for the, for the time, uh, just tremendous galactic storyline, and yet at the same time, just a classic retelling of the story of the good guys and the bad guys, the light versus the dark, the rebellion versus the empire, uh, evil versus good, and, and it has remained with us to this day with multiple uh, iterations and episodes and sequels and, and the whole really you know that was the golden age of Star Wars here's the reason why because on the one hand we knew who Darth Vader was we knew who Han Solo was and Luke Skywalker but we had not yet heard of Jar Jar Binks so that truly was the golden age of, uh, I see a lot of nods out there for you Star Wars fans okay now listen we're starting a brand new teaching series today as if you didn't already know called Word Wars and what we're gonna find out over the next couple of weeks is that Word wars is a lot like Star Wars. There are good words that come out of our mouths, and there are not so good words that come out of our mouths. Uh, There are words that are aligned with the light, and there are words that are aligned, yes, that come out of our mouths that are aligned with darkness. There are words that come out of our mouths that demonstrate a love for God and a love for people, and yet out of the exact same mouths, words come forth that demonstrate a hatred for God and a hatred for our neighbors. Uh, Some of the things we're going to talk about in this teaching series, that today we're going to talk about where our words come from and the impact that those words can have, the source and the force, if you will. Uh, Next Sunday we're going to talk all about not just what we say, but how we say it. Uh, The week after that we're going to talk about what happens when words become weapons. So make sure you bring your lightsabers on that particular Sunday, okay? Uh, We're going to talk the following week about words in our homes, the words we exchange between husbands and wives and parents and children. Uh, And then, of course, we're also going to talk about words in the digital world. You know, we're getting to the point now in our world where it's possible for any given person to spend more time typing and texting words in any given day than speaking Words And so digital words matter as well. And then lastly, we're going to wrap up the series talking about the greatest word ever heard, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, and how can we incorporate that word into our lives more effectively. So today we're going to talk about where words come from, and then also we're going to talk about the impact that our words have on the people around us. So let's start talking about what I call the source of our words. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 6. You can find that in your copy of God's Word, or we'll read it off the screen as well. 
You know, when we talk about where words come from, I think Jesus is probably a pretty good authority on this. He's pretty much a good authority on anything, really, when you think about it. Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. And, and I want you to underscore this because this is going to be one of the themes of the entire series. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's a great verse, Luke 6, 45, a great verse to commit to memory. Out of the abundance of your heart and my heart do our mouths speak. Bottom line is this. Jesus is saying that, that whatever takes place in our hearts is what's ultimately going to come out of our mouths. Or as the old country preacher used to say, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket, right? What's down in the well of your heart comes up in the bucket of your mouth. And what we find in, in the Bible, certainly in this passage, is that first of all, all right, we are exposed by our words. Who we really are is, is, is exposed by what comes out of our mouths. Now again, Jesus is basically saying that what's down in our hearts is a reflection and ultimately comes out of our mouth as a reflection of who we are. And that's especially true when we're faced with challenging circumstances or surprises that we did not expect, right? Listen, good times always produce good words. I mean, when, when things are good, when everything's going well with us, of course we're going to produce words that sound good and make us look good. For that matter, when you're scripted, you're always going to look better than probably you really are in private. Isn't that true? I mean, look. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm totally different outside of Sunday church, okay? I hope my family understand that hopefully they don't call me out, okay? But listen, 98% of what you get on Phil Kramer on Sunday mornings is scripted, right? I mean, I have prepared. I've spent hours during the week preparing to share with you the Word of God, and I want to be prepared. But I will tell you, the majority of what you hear from me on Sunday morning is scripted. It, it's prepared. Obviously, it makes me look really, really good. But if you place me in a difficult or negative circumstance, or you, or you hit me with some adverse surprise, you blindside me with something, you may not, depending on your mileage may vary, okay, you may not get the Phil Kramer that you get on the platform here, all right? Now, I, again, I hope my family, I hope our team and everything would say, yeah, Pastor Phil's pretty even keeled, but I will tell you I'm not perfect. Right? And so when, when you're faced with challenges, when you're faced with difficult circumstances or adverse surprises and what comes out of your mouth, that's the indicator of who you really are. Right? Adrian Rogers, listen to this. I, I love this quote. It applies to so many different ways in life. Watch this from Adrian Rogers. You can learn a lot about a person by seeing what, it makes, what makes them mad, sad, or glad. Did you know that? Again, good times produce good words, but what are the things that elicit a response from you that truly comes up from out of your heart? It's important, because this is a great principle for doing a self-assessment. What does it take for you to get mad about something? Right? Do you get mad about every little thing, irritated just constantly, and you want the whole world to know just how irritated you are? Right? That, that, that's what's going on down in your heart. What, what makes you sad? What makes you glad? 
Again, the, the words indicate what, who you are deep down inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. This, is a, this series is going to be a great, great time. Some of you are already getting nervous. I might be getting a little... I'm telling you, this week I've been thinking, okay, Lord, ha- have I had any bad words in my family that they're going to call me out on after I preach this message? I mean, I've got to be right before I bring this message. But I will tell you, God is going to challenge you. I've already shared with you of, of just the wave tops of the, the topics that we're going to cover. There's something for everybody in the word wars. By the way, let me just pull the car off to the side of the road for a minute and have the attention of all the single people out there. All, all, all you high school students, guys and girls, single adults, right? Maybe you're looking for a significant other in your life. This principle is huge for you. Because when there's another person that you're considering uh, getting emotionally linked in with, you better watch and, and, and study and assess the words that come out of their mouths, particularly when, when they're facing, again, difficult circumstances or adverse surprises. Right? Because rem- remember, we always put on the best face when we're dating. Isn't that right? Always the be- we always put on the best face when we're dating. But you watch. When that young lady or that young man is faced with a difficult, when they're rattled, you watch the words that come out of their mouth, specifically directed towards you, but it could be directed toward anybody, and that's when you're going to figure out who you've got. You know, the old saying goes, beauty's only skin deep, but I got to tell you, ugly goes all the way to the bone, amen? Right? And, and listen, I, I have, I've seen it for years now. You'll, you'll, ha- you'll have a, 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 an attractive young lady, outwardly very beautiful, and, and, and you think, boy, she's just the sweetest thing ever. But you get under the right circumstances, and you find out that she sits around and gossips and gossips and gossips and just talking trash about all kinds of different other girls at school, guys who just, that beauty is only skin deep. That ugly goes all the way to the bone. Right? Guys, you watch for that. Ladies, at the same time. I've, I've known some men who, who have come across as pretty good Christian guys under the right circumstances. But you get them in a different situation, and there's an ugly that comes out of their mouths that you just won't believe. Again, ladies, you watch for that. You, you watch. Be, be, because this principle of looking at, and, and seeing what it takes someone to become mad, sad, or glad, specifically with their words, will tell you a lot about that person. Or perhaps God is having me share this with you because he wants you to learn something about yourself. So, so, see, we are exposed by our words, but guess what else? The Bible also says we are responsible for our words. Did you know that? Because if it comes from your mouth, and it, and it only comes from your heart, guess what? you got to own it. It, it. Those are your words. You can't blame anybody else for the words that come out of your mouth. And yet, that's exactly what we do so many times, Right? I mean, we, we tend to play the blame game. Well, you know, I wouldn't have said that if she hadn't. Or I wouldn't have said that if he hadn't done. It, it's, it's actually his fault that, that, I, that I said that. I, I like what uh, Paul David Tripp, a very, very uh, successful author, has said. He talks about the blame game here. Sometimes we blame our circumstances, traffic, schedule. I mean, if you're driving up and down Central, all, all bets are off, right? I mean, Lord, I'm not responsible for anything that comes out of my mouth if I'm driving up and down Central, right? Traffic, schedule, weather, job, finances, health. Sometimes we blame our associates, 
husband, wife, children, parents, boss, co-workers, neighbors, fellow church members. Sometimes we blame God. If I only had more money, or should we say, if God had only given me more money, if God had only given me a better spouse, if, if God had only given me a better job, or children who actually obeyed me, then I wouldn't be saying all these things that I'm saying. See, we, we've got to take responsibility for the words that come out of our mouths, and here's why. Okay, when, when, we, when we constantly blame other people, and this is true of anything when it comes to behavior-based stuff, okay? But, but specifically, let's talk about words. When, when we're constantly blaming other people for our words, two things are true. Or should I say two things are prevented from being true. Okay, the first thing is this. It prevents us from confession, repentance, and forgiveness, right? Because as long as we think we're not the problem, and it's the other person that has the problem... We're not going to take those steps to confess our, our sin for what it is. The, the words that are coming out of our mouths are sin, sinful, evil, wicked. We're not going to confess that. Okay? And never forget, friends, never forget this, that God will accept confession for sin. God will accept repentance for sin, but God will never accept an alibi for sin. Never. So you've got to own what's coming out of your mouth. Yep. You got me. It's mine. Okay. But he, here, here's the other thing, that, that if we continually blame other people for the words that come out of our hearts and our mouths, okay, then we never actually get to the point of spiritual transformation. Again, if, if it's always the other person's problem, then why should I have to change? That's huge. It's huge when you think about it. Now, let me also say this, when it, when it comes to the, the words that come out of our, of our hearts and our mouths, remember, out of the abundance of the heart, a man or a woman speaks, okay? This is one of the reasons why I talk to you so often about the, the Spirit-filled life, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, because this whole series could very easily come across as nothing more than a behavior modification course. Well, here's 10 steps for, 10 steps for how to do better. Here's 10 steps for having better words to come out of your mouth. But, but, but the challenge is that we're never going to produce that in our own hearts and lives apart from the power of God in us and through us. Let me give you some scripture. Galatians chapter 5. Look at this. Galatians 5. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify to the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. They are at war with one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like these. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, remember this. In the Bible, we see a picture, specifically from the New Testament, that in the lives of every Jesus-following man or woman, if you've been saved, if you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Spirit of God lives inside of you, and yet... There's still something inside of every one of us that is opposed to God. Now, the Bible calls that the flesh. It's not talking about skin and bones and muscles and all the rest. It's talking about that, 
that entity inside of us that we don't even get rid of until we step into heaven that's opposed to God. That's why it says the flesh and the spirit are, are opposed to one another. Right? And, and it's up to us every day to yield to the Spirit that we might be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit rather than by the flesh. Now watch this. If you're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit, guess what kind of words are going to come out of your mouth? Angry words. Divisive words. Hateful words. Sexually immoral words. And on and on and on. Why? Because we are basically giving our vocal cords over to the flesh. And the flesh is pulling all the strings and pushing all the buttons, and, and that's how we are coming about with these words that are not helpful. They certainly aren't loving toward our families and our neighbors. However, if we are filled with the Spirit, if we are controlled by the Spirit of God, what kind of words do you think are going to come out of our mouths? Well, how about words of love, words of joy, words of peace? We're going to have self-control with our words. I will tell you this. Over the years, there have been a number of times when I, have, when, I, when I have been ready to step into a meeting of some kind that, that was potentially uh, divisive and, and combative, and I had to pray before I stepped into that meeting, God, please fill me with your Holy Spirit before I, when I step into this meeting. Control my words. Give me self-control. Help me to say words that are going to help and not hurt. The situation because hey we've all been there right listen there have been times when i have stepped in probably not as often as i should have but there have been times when i've stepped into a conversation with my wife okay where where things where where, where i think both of us understood that things could have potentially gone sideways in the conversation and i've said god please fill me with your spirit and help me to say the right kind of words and not the wrong kind of words uh, there have been times when we've had to have hard conversations with our kids Moms, dads, you, you know what I'm talking about. Hard conversations. I mean, weeping and gnashing of teeth level stuff, okay? And, and, and Shara and I have prayed going into that, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit and help us to share the right kind of words. Not the, be, be in control of what we say. Because ultimately, whatever we say is an overflow of what's, what's in our hearts. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. I could say it a million times. It's, it's worth remembering. Now, that's the source of our words. Let's talk about the force of our words. Because if, and this is Proverbs 18:21, I'll give it to you in a second. If our words come from our hearts, what kind of impact do they have when they land in the ears of other people? Right? And, and, and I don't think anyone here would be surprised for me to say that words are powerful. Words, um, words matter. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Isn't that amazing? Again, I don't think anyone is surprised to see that that's in the Bible, but we need to see it with our own eyes, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I might remind you that God created the entire universe with a word, right? I mean, he, he spoke. Psalm 33, look at this. You need to get this. Psalm 33, 8 and 9. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. It appeared at his command. And then Hebrews 11, this is a great verse. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the, that the entire universe was formed at God's command. God spoke this entire universe into existence. 
Now, I know the analogy breaks down because we're not God, but I will tell you, even on an earthly kind of human level, the Bible says a lot about the power of words. James chapter 3, one of the famous passages in the Bible about the power of the tongue. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Boy, that's some thorny language. For every kind of beast and bird, of, of a reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can contain the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Powerful passage. So I did a little study this week. I learned something. In fact, I thought it was incredibly fascinating. So we're talking, in this passage, we're talking about the power of something very small to command and direct something very big. So James mentioned horses, right? Anybody know what the average weight of a horse is? Let's say about 1,000 pounds, okay? A horse weighs about 1,000 pounds. You know how much a bit, that little piece of metal that they put in a horse's mouth to drive him around weighs? One to two pounds. Do your math. That's one-tenth of one percent of the total weight of the horse. Now, let's think about a ship, and let's just go big now. Go big or go home. I mean, you can't think of a bigger ship than an aircraft carrier, right? Aircraft carriers weigh about 220 million pounds. Aircraft carriers have two rudders on them. When you, when you put the weight of both of them together, it's about 200,000 pounds. Again, do your math. 0.1% of the overall weight of that aircraft carrier is driven by those rudders. All right, how much does the average human being weigh? Oh, I know we're getting into sensitive, <laughs> we're getting into sensitive, well, I'll just tell you, 180 pounds. I guess I'm glad I'm above average, at least in that regard, right? Okay, 180 pounds. How much does a tongue weigh? You ever weighed a tongue? Well, it's been weighed before, about three ounces. Okay, now that's, if you do the math, that's about almost 3,000 ounces. Guess what? Okay, 0.1% of the entire weight of your body is in your tongue. I think that's kind of cool that they all line up, rudders, bits, tongues. What's the point? The point is that the words that we speak have power. Why do we so flippantly throw them around, especially when they're tearing people down? But that's true of negative words and positive words, the, the, the power of negative words. The old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't know who in the world came up with that stupid statement. Because we all know, every single person here can remember a time, whether it was last week or 40 years ago, when someone said something to you that made you feel less than. Might have been a parent. Maybe your parent, years ago, called you stupid. God forbid, someone in this place probably heard these words, I wish you were never born. Those are powerful words. 
And, and for many of us, we've never forgotten those words. Powerful words in a positive way, on the other hand. I think of Corey Ten Boom, the great uh, Christian woman whose family uh, uh, safeguarded Jews and so forth. You, you, you've heard the, the, um, the, the story of the hiding place. If you haven't ever heard of that, look it up. It's a tremendous book. Uh, but she was basically sent to a German, a Nazi concentration work labor, slave labor camp uh, for, for, for her crimes. And she was 45 years old when she was in this camp. I mean, tortured, abused, mocked, ridiculed, and all the rest. She and her sister, her sister died in that prison camp. The, 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 the guards were unspeakably cruel. And yet, Corey Ten Boom said this. She said, I was 45 years old, and not even the hell of that prison camp could overcome my memory of when I was a little girl, and my father would, would at bedtime, would put us to bed, and every night he would say, Corey, I love you. Not even the hell of Ravensbrook prison camp could exterminate the power of those words that she had heard as a little girl. Power of the tongue. That, that's, that's the force of our words. Let's look at another scripture, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm giving you some, some I'm, I'm just taking you to some of the great, great passages in the Bible this morning that talk about words. Ephesians 4, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not grieve God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We're talking about building people up or tearing people down. Incidentally, I saw an article, some of y'all have been in construction before. I saw an article the other day that said this. When a contractor is bringing laborers or workers onto a job site to build something, they get paid this much. But if they're bringing workers in just to tear a building down, they get paid this much. Right? It costs you a lot more to build than to wreck. Right? Why is it that we tend to tear people down rather than build them. It's almost like our default, right? The, the, the heart and the tongue is our default to tear people down. We, we're, we're, to, we're, we're told to get rid of that kind of language where we tear people down with our words. I will tell you, I am an expert from way back at using my, my mouth as a weapon. You know, I, I, I talk for a living. That's kind of what I do. I mean, I run my mouth for a living for Jesus. Of course, it's for Jesus, okay? But I, I mean, I, I talk for a living. I've always been a words guy, always. And when I was a kid, I, I knew how to harass and, and, and to attack with my words. Now, my brother and I, three years older than me, we had different dads. His dad, kind of a little shorter, stockier dude. My dad was taller and skinnier. So my brother, when he was in high school, played on the offensive line of football, squatted 500 pounds. He might have squatted 600. I, can't, I should have called him up to confirm, but the dude just... He couldn't even hardly wear regular pants. His legs were so big. Brent, one of his best buddies right there sitting in the back, lives here in Arkansas. They both played football together. Dude was huge, okay? So I didn't have all that strength. So I had to leverage what I had. And let me tell you something. I knew how to push my brother's buttons. 
I knew how to harass him and, and, just, and, and just verbally attack this guy. One time, honest, listen, my mother is sitting right over there. She'll tell you it's the truth. One day, he took a swing at me and put his, his fist right to the drywall in our house. If it was not for my cat-like reflexes, I probably would not be here today talking to you, okay? I knew how to, how to, how to tear somebody down. That, that was like my skill when I was, when I was growing up. It's amazing how we, how we tear people down. Now, let me, think, let me ask you to think about this. You remember a time when someone said something to you and it devastated you. Now, let's put the shoes on the other foot. Has there been a time when you've said something to someone else that's devastated them? Have, have, your words, have your words been weapons, weaponized? We're going to have a whole message on that in a few weeks, but... Have there been times when your words have become weapons? Maybe that's still a struggle you have. What, what needs to change? What needs to change? Who, who's calling the shots in your life, the flesh or the spirit? Really, that's the, that's the question we're asking. Who's, who's calling the shots in your life, the flesh or the spirit? On the other hand, while there are words that tear people down, there are also opportunities to build people up. We, we, we see this in this passage. Words that build up. Let me give you a scripture. Look at this. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs 10. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like that to be said of you? The, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. I've done a lot of soul searching this week because I realize that, you know, in a church like ours, this is true of every church, when you see people out there in the mall or you see them here in the worship center and you're chatting it up with them and you say how's your week been 99% of the time what are they going to say it's been great fine awesome wonderful praise God but what's really going on behind the scenes I, I look across this worship center and while I don't know the circumstances in every one of your lives I know some of you are, are hanging on by a thread emotionally this morning your marriage is falling apart you, you, you've been dealing with an incredible stress at work or, or whatever. But there, there's an emotional duress in your life of, that, that we can't possibly imagine. That's true of people around you if it's not true of you. How awesome would it be if our default was to encourage? For, for God to use our words and the Holy Spirit to fill us that we speak words of love and peace and joy and goodness and kindness and gentleness into the, the, the lives of people around us, I promise you it will take them to a place that they need to go. Let me give you one more scripture. Again, Proverbs 12, 15. Anxiety in a man or woman's heart weighs them down, but a good word makes glad. So a couple months ago, I had my 50th birthday and, uh, you know, I, I think I got a, well, I know for a fact I got a new Bible. That was awesome. Got some, got some AirPods. I finally came into the 21st century. Um, but the one thing that I got on my birthday that I did not expect, uh, I came into our, uh, it was actually a Tuesday, I had our staff meeting with our team, and our team gave me a book, just a little folder, and it had notes in it from many of you, notes in there to me. Uh, and then my wife 
had gone out and she had gotten several of my friends and folks that I'd known from over the years to send little notes and, and she put those in a little book. And I kind of flipped through it, you know, at the breakfast table and everything. This is great. I'll set it aside, look at it tonight. I came back to the house that evening and I spent about an hour just kind of looking through those notes. I, and I'm not telling you I was in some deep state of depression, okay? But I will tell you, reading those notes took me to a place. It was a wonderful place. And, and I'm not sure I had been in that place in that way in a long time. How would you like your words to take someone else to a place? One of those kinds of places. Husband, wife, is it possible that your words could, could help to take your husband or your wife, your spouse, to that place of encouragement? It's a, it, it's, oh, it's a wonderful place to be. But the power of life and death is in the tongue. I am really looking forward to the rest of this series, y'all. Why? Because this is exactly where we live. Exactly where we live is, is husbands and wives, parents and children, co-workers, associates, all the rest, neighbors. The power of death and life are in the tongue. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer at crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.